I really can't but stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. Hey there, folks. This evening is Welcome to this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. If you're wondering where the (laughs) inspiring tones of Rage Against the Machine are this week, well, you know, this week's column happens to be about this little ditty right here. It's a great ditty. We're going to talk about Baby It's Cold Outside. Hope uh, Hope you're having a great week. I'll give you a second to... What's in this dream? I wish I knew your eyes are like starlight to break the spell. I'll take your hand. Your hair looks well. I ought to say no, no, no. At least I'm going to say that I tried. At least I'm going to say that I tried. Oh. And right there. Baby, it's cold outside. Um. So this week's uh, this week's column f- focuses uh, focuses just on that exact song. Um, welcome to this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, everybody. My name is Stephen Craig. I am the host and author of uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. We're glad to have you join us. Um, I you know this, that song has uh, has certainly had its share of controversy recently, and um, in the last few years, as people. You know, when you take a look at it, and it's funny, um, this sparked a conversation uh, between me and my girlfriend, and uh, the first time that we talked about it, she um, she was like, you know, that's a little bit, um, <laughs> it's a little bit too much. I don't think that it's that, it's really that bad. Um, and uh, and then we sat down and, you know, we were uh, played it for her, and she's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> when I when I when I listen to it with that understanding in uh, in mind, uh, maybe it is a little too much. And then then I told her that this the title for this week's column was "Baby, It's Cold and Rapey Outside," and she was like, "Maybe that's a little bit too far too." But in any case, um, the idea is that the the song certainly has some suggestive tones to it, and um, it comes from a different era and. On the one side, we've had um, the one side of the argument uh, has been, of course, that, uh, that the song can't be canceled, right? That um, that the idea of um, canceling anything is is absolutely wrong. And, I, and I've told you for a long time, I'm not for canceling. Um, I think cancel culture has gone way too far. Uh, and I don't want to see that song not exist. It's a great song. It is. It's a song of a different era. Um it's a song that uh, that certainly, and that's where the other side is, right? The other side of it is it's certainly, um, I it, there is no way that I would be okay with hearing that conversation going on between, say, my daughter or and somebody that um, she was recently dating. I I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I wouldn't be comfortable if my son were the the um, male counterpart in all of this equation, and so. Um, Never mind the potential of you know of of adding in uh, potential other same sex gender etc etc just just the idea of regardless of what the gender is is one party um, seeming to be a bit manipulative and, and that dynamic has traditionally um, suggested that men fall into that role and um, in any case that that has led to quite as I said quite the controversy about this song and for me I'm not for canceling anything but to be honest. Um, it led to a great conversation that I had with my daughter about we 
um, we came back, and um, I'm going to tell you about the the what I saw in um, Vegas while I was there in just a bit. But the whole idea that perhaps um, instead of uh, the song definitely makes me uneasy. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. I don't think that what goes on there. I I, I want to teach both my son and my daughter um, to to avoid what happens, uh, to avoid the dynamic, right? To not either be the person who pushes and manipulates somebody else into um, seemingly into acts against their uh, volition um, and taking, depriving them of their autonomy in regards to their own um, sexuality. I, I just think that that's really awful. And at the same point, I don't want them to be the one who allows that manipulation uh, and to, uh, that allows themselves to make um decisions different than the ones that they really want to make um and so that that part of it i'm really uneasy with but i'm also uneasy with canceling it and rather um my stance on this has been that it's a great discussion point of a different age in which those things happen in fact um over break my um my daughter and i watched my fair lady and i, I hadn't seen it in a long time oh my gosh it's horribly sexist like really like rex harrison is horribly misogynistic in that uh movie and um you know essentially um you know at the very end of the movie like he's he's belittles and and treats uh eliza doolittle um audrey hepburn horribly if you've never seen it i i, I still recommend seeing it but it is horribly misogynistic and uh and at the end of the movie basically tells her yeah go get my slippers you're like what you got to be kidding me. Like, and she stays around for that kind of treatment. And uh, it made me uh, look up uh, an article, an old article of uh, Good Housekeeping magazine that I saw from, um, from 1955 in which you talked about what that time period looked like. It was a very different, the way um, that men and women interacted with each other was a very different time. And I'm not saying that we haven't evolved as a society in that regard. Now, there are a lot of ways that our society is not better than it was in 1955, but in terms of uh, gender rate relations specifically, and probably, to be honest, in terms of racial relations and a lot of other things, our society has made some progress uh, since 1955. And I, I certainly prefer a more enlightened view and an empowered view of women. Um, I very much support that and, and in no way, shape, or form want to think that it's acceptable to have that kind of view the 1955 view of um of women as uh as objects for men's amusement and uh that are there to take care of men i just think that's it's just not my bag um but at the same time i don't necessarily want to cancel the everything that went that happened in that time period canceling it doesn't make it just go away and perhaps there is a middle ground perhaps there's a way to both keep the artifacts of those times while at the same time recognizing and exposing them for some of the faults that they may carry with them, some of the baggage that might be there, as a way to continue to evolve and remind ourselves of how far we've come in those issues. And with that, I give you this week's column, Baby It's Cold and Rapey Outside. My, my girlfriend still hates the title. So what did y'all do for Christmas this year? While many of you were nestled up with family and cozy homes, keeping you warm from the snow falling all around you, my girlfriend and I, kidless for the first time in forever, headed for the flashy lights and glitzy pizzazz of legendary Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, 
Vegas doesn't usually connote my idealized visions of a traditional Christmas either. In fact, in many ways, I can't think of a place more antithetical to the observance of the birth of the Lord's Savior, Jesus Christ. But, hey, given the secular commercialism Christmas has devolved into anyway, perhaps nothing speaks to the true Christmas spirit better than choking down rum and cokes while chain-smoking Marlboro Reds and gambling away your kids' college funds. In full disclosure, I've never gambled in my life, and my drinking in my encroaching middle-aged years is seriously curtailed by my customary 10 o'clock bedtime. (laughs) I know, I know, it's pathetic, thanks. But I love Vegas for the shows. So with that in mind, Viva Las Vegas, baby. For Christmas Day itself, we even went to a Christmas program at the Palazzo entitled, This is Christmas. In many ways, it evoked memories in my childhood going to see the Rockettes during their annual Christmas Spectacular at the famed Radio City Music Hall each year with my father and grandmother. True to the celebration of traditional Christmas favorites, one of the couples in the show sang the seminal classic, you guessed it, Baby It's Cold Outside. And that's where the topic of this week's truth comes in. Unless you've been living under a rock or perhaps just somewhere in rural Alabama, you know that the song has been the subject of some significant controversy as of late. As most of you know, I am no fan of cancel culture, but if you really consider the premise and lyrics of this seemingly harmless little ditty, it definitely leaves you with an uneasy feeling that this song is just plain outdated and a little bit bit date-rapey. After all, the whole song centers around a guy trying to convince his female companion to stay and sleep with him all under the false pretenses that it's cold outside and that she should just stay at his place where it is nice and warm and the alcohol is a-flowing. She protests, I really should say no, at least I'm going to say that I tried. But he refuses to take no for an answer, instead plying her with more drinks, hoping that he can take advantage of her compromised decision-making. And if all of this seems perfectly harmless and charming to you, Think if this Harvey Weinstein wannabe was macking on your own beloved daughter. Yeah, not so harmless and charming anymore now, is it? So as the husband and wife duo launched into their own Vegas version of this number, I must admit that I cringed a little bit. I do not believe in canceling this or any other musical number, but certainly I thought the producers of the show must be aware of the stir this song has precipitated over the last several years. Certainly, they must be cognizant of the entrenched perspectives people bring to this song and the inherent political polarization this song now evokes. Why would anyone intentionally push that button, knowing that backdrop and given what was sure to be an audience of mixed demographics with folks in both camps ready to pounce on the song's inclusion? But then something funny happened. The singers had changed the lyrics of the number, and thus cleverly sidestepped the entire controversy altogether. What these performers chose to do was to tweak the words of the song so it was the woman who was urging them to spend the night together, telling him that it was cold outside, while he protested, saying that her sister would start to worry. You get it, right? Just take a look at the words. You can switch all of them, which is exactly what they did, okay? Suddenly, instead of being a lecherous cad, he was magically transformed into the thoughtful, chivalrous boyfriend that every father wants for their cherished daughters. 
Instead of trying to manipulate her into bad choices with predatory intent, he becomes a man of integrity, a model of decency that represents what we should expect from men of our society, men who value and respect women enough to empower them to make their own choices. And of course, on the other side of that dynamic, we thus also see a woman who has the autonomy and self-determination to be able to advocate for what she wants to do with her sexuality. In this case, the female singer wants to get herself some and has a voice to be able to articulate that desire. Instead of being cast in the stereotypical role of female passivity, she is able to assert what she wants. The reversal of traditional gender roles here breaks the customary paradigm of sexual power and liberates women to have an equal voice in the sexual contest. And as a feminist by nature, I absolutely loved it. But even more so, I was impressed by the creative approach to avoiding a pervasive polemic altogether. As both sides of this debate revert back to their pre-established camps, digging in for the inevitable clash of social perspectives, these folks chose an alternative path that did not feed into either of their, these interpretations. In a world full of enhanced cultural division, where neither side wants to hear what the other has to say, all of us could learn a lesson about letting go of our points of view and instead trying to find the creative common ground that allow us to move forward without falling victim to the inherent dissension. Sure, it won't attract the attention of Facebook algorithms fueled by vim and rancor, but who gives a damn about Mark Zuckerberg anyways? I know, who does give a damn about Mark Zuckerberg? In any case, folks, that is this week's uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Um, my name, as always, Stephen Craig, and uh, so glad to be here with you. Come back next Thursday. We will uh, do it all over again and with a different column. Uh, and until then, folks, uh, as always, thank you so very much. Uh, we're going to go back with our customary little John Mayer. Thanks, folks. You all have a good week. We'll see you next Thursday. Until then, peace out, y'all. Have a great week. See you next Thursday.